Hello, I'm Laura Furiosi, divorced mother of three, and I'm here with my mother, Lynette Galvin, with 35 years' experience in family law. You're listening to the Divorce Course Podcast. Through our candid discussions, we hope to help you through your divorce or de facto separation. We will be answering the most commonly asked questions and covering the stages and steps that you will face on your way to freedom. Hello and welcome to episode nine of the Divorce Course Podcast. Good morning, Mother. (laughs) Good morning, Laura. It's a nice cold morning in Queensland for once. (laughs) I know. I get to wear my slippers and my jacket. Very exciting. (laughs) Now, um, today we're going to be covering the family report and um, this would be relevant to particularly people that have children. Um, Is that correct? Family reports are only for children. Only for children's matters, yes. So uh, we're going to be discussing today uh, if you have heard of or been told you need to get one, what to expect, what it is, how much it costs, what a judge might use it for, and what kind of happens in a family report. And I know this is a question you get asked a lot. Is that right, Mum? Yes, it it is. I think we tend to, like family lawyers and the judges, just just say the words and we all know what it means, but it can be very confusing for people. So I spend a lot of time explaining what a family report is all about. Feels a little bit like uh, you're being marked on your parenting skills. <laughs> it's awful, isn't it? But, but it, it, it's the only way the court has of getting inside the family dynamic. You know, the judge is just somebody you don't know and he or she doesn't know you. Uh, so the court enlists the help of social workers or psychologists uh, to talk to the family um, and the kids usually if they're old enough, otherwise it's just observation of the children with the parents. And then the, they write a report. It can be quite long, 20 or 30 pages, report on the family, uh, on what they see as the dynamic in the family and usually then um, they'll give recommendations at the end. So although a family report is very, in a way, it's a very powerful um, sort of weapon or powerful tool, so we say, that the court uses, um, the family report's not the be-all and end-all of everything. Uh, It's the judge who makes the decision. So the family report writer just makes recommendations. All right. Well, let's go back right to the basics. So who qualified... So you, you've been told you're going to have a family report. Who exactly are you going to be sitting in a room with? Is it, like you said, you've mentioned psychologists. Do they have to have some sort of special qualification or could it be anybody that asks yes. you questions? It's There are no special qualifications for writing a family report beyond that you must be a psychologist uh, or a social okay. worker. Um, right. But, but uh, there are... In every state, they're just uh, just really a small group of people who are routinely called on to do family reports. Um, they're people who don't mind being in the witness box and giving evidence. So you know, it's a it is a specialised area in a way of a of a psychologist or a social worker's practice. It's more these days we use psychologists. Um, that's okay. If you get, uh, now there's two sorts of family reports. There's the one the court pays for. And in that case, the psychologist will usually be on the court's payroll uh, or, or, rec- or paid for by the court anyway um, to, to do the interviews and the report, or you can get a private person to do it. Uh, the court calls that a family, they, on their documents, they call it a private assessment, but we all just call it a family report. So, so you can get it outside with a private person uh, or you can do it 
through the court and the court pays for it. Okay, and so basically it's a way for the judge and everybody to understand what what's like what your dynamics are, your, your relationships, you know, how it all works, what the problems are, what the good things are. It's basically it's like sending an investigative journalist into your lives to find <laughs> out yeah. to find out what's going on. Isn't that awful? It is kind of. Uh, but you see, when you've got a, if you've got a lawyer and your partner has a lawyer, your ex-partner has a lawyer, then your lawyers will filter a lot of the emotion out of your affidavits. Uh, anyone who's mm. been through a family court process will probably wonder why their lawyer goes, I will not put that in, or this is relevant, but that's not relevant, and they tone the language a little bit. So the court wants to get to the real people behind without the filter of a lawyer um, in the family. It's all about the welfare of the children. Uh, it, it's one of the it's the only way really that a court can be informed of children's wishes um, not, not that they're okay. ever asked they don't as a good good report writer or family consultant will never say who do you want to live with uh, but they mm. will talk to the children and ask them what they you know give me three wishes what do you wish would change and all things like that or what do you want to say the same so, yeah. Okay, and when you were t- just a minute ago, you were talking about costs, and we said that you could go. The court can pay for it, or you can get your private assessment. Uh-huh. Do you have a rough idea how much that usually costs? Uh-huh. I do, I do, yeah? um, and it is in their defence. It's a lot of work, but it's normally between five and seven thousand dollars. Holy smokes. (laughs) Remember that's shared between you and your partner. So you usually both have to pay for it. And Mm -hmm. uh, so it's half each. And you can't take a lawyer. So it's not lawyer's fees on top of that. What's the benefit then of getting a private one? Wouldn't everyone just be better off getting the court free one? You'd think so because the very excellent family report writers in the court process, but the court has a budget like everybody else. And so the court will order a family report if, A, they think the parties can't afford a private report um, or, B, they think the parties won't go to a private one. So, um, and, and Or finally, if they just, if it's not something either party particularly wants, uh, I've had that a lot lately where I don't think um, it's not my submission to the court that they need a family report. I think the issues are clear cut. So I say, Your Honour, you know, the, the issues are clear here and, and often a judge will go, oh, well, you know, Mrs Galvin, I think I'd feel it would assist the court to have a family report. And, and while I'm talking about that, there's a little tiny family report they can do, which has got the snappy, snappy marketing name of a 60, but it's of an 11F report. <laughs> and that's a really that brief Sounds report. like an aeroplane. <laughs> yeah, an 11F okay. report. So it's yeah. like a, a mini version of a, a mini family version, report. and a lot of your or our listeners have probably been through that, um, where the court mm. says, "We'll come back in a month, but in the meantime, we'll get a family consultant who works in the court to talk to you guys and give me a little mini report, an eleven F that just goes, look, I just talked to them. This it seems these are the issues. You'll need a full family report, or uh, it just gives the judge enough to go on." if they've got to make an order quickly and can't wait because sometimes family report appointments can be months away, mm, as you know. Yeah. 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 Um, what um, do you have to do it? So if a judge says uh, you've got to do a family report, can you just not do it? <laughs> no, you must do it. You must okay. do it. You'd be in contempt of court if you didn't go. 
Um, yeah. And, and, and look, I think I, th- I know um, some people get nervous about doing family reports because really it is it is a stranger coming. Well, you're going to their office usually, but they're, they're basically talking to you about your private life. They talk to your children about, you know, <laughs> what, you know, what goes on in, in life and like, you know, I sometimes swear, you know, I was <laughs> the things that you worry that your kids are going to dob you in for. So I get, I get the, some people get really nervous about wanting to do a family report, but realistically, if you're doing all the right things and everything's okay, then it's not a problem. In fact, it can be more helpful um, if, you know, there are problems and you need, and no one's believing you and you need it to get out there. Is that right? That's right. I, th- I think uh, you really don't want to leave a judge with no other uh, way of assessing the parties and the children than their their affidavits. You don't want that to be all he's got to go on. So that's yeah. the report writer is kind of like a neutral third person who can do what the judge can't do. He he can't sit down and talk to and form a view. So, um, but look, you're, it, it is nerve-wracking. I think I've had clients say to me they feel very judged and it's very intrusive, you know, uh, but Remember this, no one else is allowed to see it, just you two and your lawyers and the judge. You're not to, um, uh, you can't show it to anyone else ever. It's protected under the act. Yes. Yeah, so do not, if you get a family report and it says you're amazing and your ex is horrible, do not go show it to everybody in your street because that can bite you in the, what happens if you do that? Or anybody, Um, don't show your mother, don't show your new partner, you really have to keep it private, okay? Yeah, and and your children, I guess, need that privacy as well, you know. Um, Okay, so... Obviously, so we've talked about who does it. We've talked about what it is. We've talked about why you have to do it. When does it usually happen? When do we usually get a family report when you're going through this conveyor belt of sorting everything out? Okay, so usually it's after you've filed your first um, application. Someone's filed an application says, right, I'm going to court. They've filed some documents in the court. You file your documents in the court. You go to the court for the first appearance um, and mm-hmm. the judge goes, oh, I think I need a family report. There are issues here that need working out and, and it can be like that there might be allegations of uh, someone's not able to parent properly, maybe mental health, drinking. It could be that the children are old enough to have the, uh, and are beginning to express wishes. Um, sometimes mum says, oh, you know, um, he doesn't want to go or dad says he doesn't want to go home. Uh, and the family report writer, they can, can sort of get through that and talk to the kids and give a quarter a, a balanced view, hopefully, of what's going on in the family. So the judge can make an order in the best interests of the children. But but there's another time, Laura. Yeah, there's another yeah. time you can get a family report, and that is um, sometimes as soon as something rears its head and and the relationship's getting tricky with parenting. Uh, if you haven't already got an order, even. Um, sometimes the parties agree through their lawyers, look, we this is all happening, we don't know what's up, let's go and get a report, family report, go and talk to this person and let's see if we can't find out what's going on um, without actually going to court. But in that case, of course, you've got to pay for your uh, family report writer for yourself. But, look, it might be cheaper mm. than going to court. 
Um, So so basically your lawyers can then look at the recommendation, which we'll talk about in a minute, uh, and that... They can negotiate, oh, look, this is what he's recommending or she's recommending. It's best we probably do this. And then yep. you can skip going to court altogether because mm. you're going to say, this is basically what we think the judge is going to say. Is that kind of That's a right. good way? That's of, right. because, yeah. yeah, because whilst, whilst a family report recommendations aren't binding on anybody, uh, the judge has a serious look at them. They'd be crazy to not. So they take a lot of notice of those uh, those recommendations, and it's more likely than not that the court's orders will be in line with those recommendations. So why not just agree on the recommendations? And then I think both parents can be confident or that they, they've done their best to try and do what's right for the kids, you know. And then you miss out on having to go to court. <laughs> well, Lydia. <laughs> but, you know, little, yes. Johnny, little Johnny or whoever it is, um, he might be saying one thing to mum and a completely mm. other thing to dad because he knows yep. mum and dad don't talk so he can get mm-hmm. away with it, especially as they get older. And so this is a way of the parents going, hang on a little minute, let's, let's find out what's really going on because you can't really talk to kids about the other house. You can't grill them or anything. It's not right. You know, they should yeah. be split so- between the households without any problem. So that leads me to my next question and I think a question that uh, I know I get asked a lot and I know you get asked a lot, mm-hmm. what actually happens on the day? Obviously, so the judge has ordered it, you've, you've booked it, uh, you wait forever to get it. Uh, finally, the day has arrived, you go, uh, you take your kids. What happens in a family report? What happens on the day? Okay. What, what do you expect? Well, first of all, turn up on time. So the report writer will normally say mum and the kids or dad and the kids arrive at nine, say, and then I'll want to see uh, the other parent at 10 or 11 and then he sees two, he or she will see two together. He might interview the parents together. So you'll get a program from the report writer about what he wants you to do when he wants to turn up. So first step, be on time. Second step, take some stuff for the kids, take some snacks, Um, It's going to take all day pretty well. So take some snacks, take some toys. Um, If you're, so you you turn up, if you're, if you have. um, I'm sorry, when you say, when you say you take snacks and toys and I guess like something to read Mm -hmm. or play with, is that because the kids are going to be sitting around waiting a little bit for a fair while? It is, it is. Okay. And and take something for you. We've got our phones these days. So take something for you to do while you're waiting. Um, and like I said, keep keep up snacks, drinks. Uh, you will, if you're really stressed, you probably haven't slept properly the night before. Mm. You probably haven't had time to have breakfast or you haven't had your usual breakfast, haven't even probably had your second coffee. So just be kind to yourself. Take your stuff that you need. And you kind of yeah. set up really in the waiting room for a little while and, and the kids need to be entertained. And, and frankly, that's something the court looks at, uh, the report writer looks at, how were you at anticipating your children's needs for the day, you know? Mm, uh, turning up okay. with nothing at all and no water or anything for them just doesn't show a lot of forethought. So, you know, you mm. need to do that. 
Okay, so so you all turn up, you're sitting there, you're in the waiting room, and what do you just, like you said, sometimes the report writer might want to talk to you on your own or your mm-hmm. ex on your own or you together, and then does he talk to the children one-on-one or yeah, all it, together? It depends on their ages. I think I should say usually take someone who can hang around with the kids out in the waiting room. It just depends on the layout of the – sometimes it's it's – all in one space and you can leave the door open and hear them up the corridor. But if you want to concentrate, take a third person to just sit with the kids while you're being interviewed, okay? Um, yeah. Yes, so um, it's hard for me this because as a lawyer we never go to these things. Uh, so, but I've, I've been to one, <laughs> so I can tell you. Uh, so um, I helped with yours, I think, Rilvo. So um, you, did. The, you did. You did. You looked after the kids while I got yep. interviewed. Yeah. Yes. So, um, yeah. So you'll know on that one. Um, he he talks to the one parent first. Um, then he yep. generally talks to the other parent, or she'll talk to the other parent. Then the kids, maybe all together. And then maybe one at a time, and then the kids with one parent, and the kids with another parent. So it's they design the interview process depending on what the issues seem to be uh, between mm. parties. So they get a neutral brief. Like when you write to the person to engage them, they get a bit of a history of the parties. So you say to the right. family report writer, either here's, here are the documents, here's what mum says, here's what dad says, here's the stuff that's been filed in the court so far, or you say they haven't been to court yet but this is what mum says and this is what dad says and give them. So then they'll tailor the design of the day to get the right yeah. um, interviews and stuff to, to get to the answer the question that seems to be the problem, yeah. And, so, and I, I did find it was pretty draining. I uh, like if you, so I know how we talked about with mediation, and uh, we haven't discussed court yet, but it is really draining because you're, you know, you're a little bit nervous, you're a bit scared about everything, and yeah. you, you know, you're trying to keep your kids help, happy and yeah. organized while you're talking to some, and then you've got to literally go through and talk about all the issues, you know, in your your relationship and the breakup and every, you've got to talk about all of that and that can be really emotionally draining. So it is really important that you prepare, you have a good sleep the night before and um, when you are finished, make sure you've got either someone who can help you with the kids if you're single or, you know, try and yeah. find some way to cheer yourselves up at the end of it because it is super hard it, and it is a, it is like um i i've got um more than one child so it took a long time it took the whole day yeah. and so i didn't know that i thought a family report would take like an hour or two but no oh. it was the whole day yeah. it, it's a real <laughs> they, i don't believe that the social workers book anything or that sorry the psychologists book anything else for the whole for the day it takes a day and mm. i'm really sorry laura i didn't warn you about that that's something like i said lawyers <laughs> know we know it's the whole day yeah. you know and and yeah. i always say to my clients so you're going, if you're having this report on Monday, you're going to be wiped out till Wednesday afternoon. So you know, just be gentle with yeah. yourself. And the thing, Laura, like you said, telling your story, uh, you've, mm. everyone listening, if you've been to a lawyer, you've had to tell your story, right? And yeah. that's different. That's someone on your side. Uh, and, you, you know, if you've been through DD, you've been able to talk to support workers. But when you're talking to the family report writer, he, um, he or she is not your friend is <laughs> not on your team he's neutral mm. so people tend mm. to be a little bit on their guard 
and it's just that little mm. bit extra stressful. And they will challenge you um, and they'll throw in questions that you think, hang on a minute, what, didn't you read my material? So they're kind of reality checking with you. So, so um, it, it's just hard. I know it's hard, but it's so important. It's been the best tool I think the court could possibly have. Yeah, yeah. So so let's get on to, so you've obviously um, you've gone through that process, you've been interviewed, the kids have been interviewed, your ex has been interviewed, it's all done, you go home, you collapse, you're <laughs> slightly traumatised but you get over it. Um, uh, one thing that we forgot to mention um, with kids, there is actually um, some books that you did give to me, Mum, um, that kind of... Uh, help prepare the children for it because it is very weird for the kids if you've been doing the right thing and keeping your kids completely out of it um, and they're not involved, they don't understand that you're going through court, they don't know this, what's going on in the background, which is what you should definitely be doing, but all of a sudden you're taking them to this random person (laughs) and you're saying, okay, kids, you're going to talk to this person on your own and you're going to talk about mummy and daddy. So um, there is a great book that you sent me, mum, and we'll put the links in the um, in the notes, I think it's it's done by the Family Court of Australia, isn't it? There's actually yeah. two books. There's one for two the yep, five to thirteen, I think, and then one or five to twelve, and then one for the older kids. Um, and it's mm. important because the kids will ask questions, um, and you've got to be mindful of not talking to them about the proceedings. So the books are mm. way around it. It's written. It's really nicely written um, for a kids' book. I use them all the time for my clients. Yeah, and all you have to do, um, you don't have to buy it, no. you just download it and you can print it out or you can just read it to them on, on the internet, on your computer, on your phone. Um, and the good thing is it explains what a family report write, uh, like writer does um, in kids' terms and it, and it kind of explains what they're going to go through. Mm. Um, and I, I think it was really helpful because I've got, you know, a nearly teenager and, and some younger ones and they are very inquisitive and they had a lot of questions. And, and like you said many times, Mum, you've got to keep the kids out of it. So mm. trying to field those questions was really tricky. And I knew as long as I was reading this book to them that explained it, then, you know, I knew I wasn't doing anything wrong. I was just explaining it and the family court has written it that way so that the kids at least are prepared. I mean, you know, I would imagine if someone took me somewhere and I st- got put in a room with a stranger and they started asking me personal <laughs> questions, I'd be like, what am I doing here? Yeah. So, And you're probably not going to get uh, what the information that the report writer needs out of the children if they're not prepared in that sense, I guess. That's right. Um, they need to know what is going on because yeah. especially when they get into teenage world, they're like, why are you asking me? <laughs> Actually, on that, Laura, I've just checked out and the book is for, the first one's five to eight and the second one's nine to 12, so you're kind of on your own after that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, well, I guess you could just kind of make the, the 12-year-old book a little edgy. And yeah. put some, I, I think I guess because them. older kids are um, often very opinionated. Do you know? Yeah. I knew everything oh, and I, when I, I was 15 and I, so did you. I remember. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I'm so happy when I knew everything. Yes. I just still did. Um, so, okay, let's. we've gone through all of that. Mm. Now, um, you've mentioned a couple of times, uh, so the, the report, the family report basically is a bit of a summary of what you've said, what they've said, what he's said, all et cetera, et cetera. And then right down the bottom, the most important part is the recommendation. Yes. So could you explain to me? 
why is a re- what is a recommendation and why is it so important? Okay, so the recommendation is the conclusion that the uh, the consultant or the a psychologist comes to after all of these 30 odd pages and usually it'll it'll be like this recommendations okay I recommend that the children uh, spend more time with their father or recommend the children uh, change from weekends to holidays or and I recommend that on this issue the children um, you know I don't know uh be permitted to continue their extracurricular activities, something like that. It's usually about time. Sometimes it can be a big thing like um, I recommend the children be moved from the care of this parent into the care of that parent and these are the reasons. But a good recommend, the recommendations are always couched in terms if the court finds that this is true, like the mother alleges this about the father or the father alleges this about the mother, if that's true, then this should be the outcome. Yeah, in you know, in the recommendations, uh, the, I'll tell you how important they are because every lawyer who gets the family report skips straight to the back page and reads those last six or eight paragraphs to see what the recommendations are, and then we read the rest of the report. All right. Uh, so it's like you're cheating and reading the last chapter of a book, but yeah, so it's that important. You're like, oh, I need to read what's. Yes. So so basically. So the rest of the report is like a summary of, okay, I think this is where the mother is at, I think. Um, so I, I've also seen in recommendations the, uh, to do a parenting course or, mm. you know, mm. other, you know, I, I've seen there's they can recommend that the parents do things. So what kind of things are in the recommendations for the parents? Yes. So the children, it's never the problem of the children, okay? The court always... It's always the problem of the parents, and so the oh, it always is. <laughs> and yeah. so, so the kids don't have a problem. It's the parents who are fighting. So, yeah. so yeah. yes, there's been a lot of great courses developed over the last decade or so for parents. So you'll hear um, recommendation for triple P parenting, which I think you can do online nowadays. If there's been allegations of say drinking um, and the report writer thinks that might be the case, too much drinking, he, they might refer you to a drug and alcohol counselling service. If there's been, if there's a suggestion of a mental illness, do you know one person will sometimes say, oh, that, my ex is crazy, my ex is a narcissist, my ex is whatever. Um, if there's a genuine sort of suspicion that there's something going on there, a report writer can order or, or can recommend that there be psychiatric assessment of one or both of the parties. Um, so there are, and there's a post-order um, parenting course, POP we call it, uh, which if you've already got orders and they're not working, uh, then you can go to these courses to learn probably how to make them work. I think the courts identified that a lot of problems between parents uh, are uh, more social problems, once the court's done all it can do and made an order, so if you've already Mm. got orders and the wheels are coming off the trolley, unless there's something dramatic, you might benefit from a post-order parenting program just to help you adjust Mm. because, you know, I say to my clients all the time, I can't make your ex a good person. That's the person Mm. you've got. You've got to learn to deal with that person and it's your children's parent, you know, and so Mm. they'll still love her probably no matter what. So you've just got to learn to deal with her. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. So, so the recommendations can be for time, it can be for courses, um, ways to basically try and bring some cohesiveness and put the wheels back on the trolley so that, that you know, the kids' lives can go back to some sort of normality without all this turmoil. Mm. So, okay, so you get your recommendation. Yep. What happens um, if you don't agree with it? Okay. So... If you don't agree with the recommendations, uh, you, you still have your option. Um, if subject to, you ha- if you haven't already got orders, you still got your option to proceed it through court and try to persuade the court that the report writer's c- conclusions were wrong. Um, that's hard to do. That's hard to do. Yeah. But but of course the 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 report writer hasn't had the benefit of seeing everyone in the witness box under proper cross examination by a proper lawyer so the by a barrister or whatever so the evidence that that people tell the family report writer is untested and so mm. sometimes at the end of a trial towards the end of a trial when the report writer is due to give their evidence remember i said so psychologists who are prepared to go to court so they get in the witness yeah. box they get sworn in and if you didn't agree with some of the things in court your your barrister will probably that very gently but put to them, uh, say to them, you know, like, right, in this trial, um, his honour has heard X. Now, if you'd known X, would your recommendations change or would they stay the same? You know, now that we all know this, this has all come out in evidence, would your recommendation change? And often in light of that evidence that only comes out in the trial, a family report writer will change their mind or, or alter their recommendations. And, you know, too, it, it can take a long time to get to trial. Sorry about this, but it, it can be a couple of years. So your first family report, it can get old and you'll get an updated report just before court. Uh, mm. so, but if you don't agree, mm. this, you can't harass or harangue the Hebrew. So the report <laughs> writer you can't bring them up. Your lawyer can't write to them and say you got this wrong. Every communication okay. really should be joint. So if they made a yeah. really big blue, like told, like, decided there was um, more kids than there were or something uh, or someone had yeah. a criminal history and you both not, don't know where they got that from, but that doesn't happen often. Then you could both, both your lawyers could write to the report writer, but usually okay. that that's, sits there on its own as a document only to be challenged in the witness box after the trial. Okay, and, and what do you do if you've got a complaint about your family report writer, if something inappropriate's happened or basically you feel, I don't know, that you've advice. just got a complaint? Yes. Really, um, it, it's, not, it's not easy to put in a complaint mm. about a family consultant. Remember you asked me earlier, uh, Laura, how, how, what special qualifications have they got? The yeah. Thing is yeah. That, the psychologists and, and people who write these family reports have the confidence of the court usually. And when we know that mm-hmm. the court ha- has faith in general in, in their recommendations, we use them more. So you begin yeah. to get um, a group of people that, because you don't want to go to a family report writer that no one's going to listen to. So so And so these report writers are 
um, in a they've got clout. They've got they've got clout. Wherever they got clout, and and you would want to be very thoughtful, very careful before you would have a go at them. You can uh, attack. Okay. You can gently attack their understanding. You can gently talk about their qualifications, but let the lawyers mm-hmm. do it, don't you? And if you've got a complaint, talk to your lawyer. Your lawyer will tell you if that complaint's going to get you anywhere or make you look to the court like you're just not taking on the recommendations or not taking any advice. So be careful about that. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Okay, awesome. All right. So we've got the recommendation. Um, We've waited a long time. What's the judge going to do with it? Probably read it almost first when he's preparing for a trial. So if you've got a trial, um, what happens is uh, everyone gets dressed up and goes on the day and and hopefully your judge is available. He will have read all of your affidavits and your application and and he'll have read the other person's affidavit and all their cheer squad evidence, you know, and and they'll have read stuff from uh, anything that you've filed, they'll have read, the judge will have read it the day before or the night before. But the first thing the judge reads, I reckon, is the family report. Mm -hmm. And I've been in court um, when a a lawyer made a submission and the judge goes, well, what does the family report say? What do the children say? And and that was the document right on the top. They they had it and had read it very thoroughly. So it's a a really handy tool. So when you get into court, um, the family report writer usually isn't questioned until the end, just so, like I said, so your barrister can say to them, well, we've heard this now, would you change? Your... So they're like the last the last witness in often, yeah. Okay. And, and, okay. and then the judge might not make a decision then and there anyway. Uh, the judge will often ask them questions too, by the way, and then, um, and then the judge looks at all of the, the material he's got the, all of the family report he's got, plus the evidence that he's seen in the witness box, he uses that to make his decision, which you'll probably hear about in a few weeks. Oh, so much waiting involved in this. Whole you thing. know what we call it? We call it hurry up and wait. Because hurry up and wait. <laughs> I think in my 35 years, I've been late for court once and I thought I was going to have a stroke. I was so nervous. But you rush there, you get there on time, heaven help you if you're not, and then you spend hours kicking your heels <laughs> waiting. <laughs> oh, jeez. Yeah. And then, look, yeah. I, guess, I guess the good thing about, I think, a family report is, you know, that a lot of truth comes out in what children say. I think it's children are super innocent and not fully involved in any kind of drama that you're going on in a way. And so kids just say, kids, you know, if kids see, like when my hair looks horrible, my kids just go, mom, what's going on with your hair? Like there's no filter, you know? So I think that's a good thing about a family report. You know, they're going to say, whatever you know whereas both parents are going to be like oh no we I'm perfect or you know yes it's Laura I had a perm and you were at preschool I remember dropping you off and and do you remember what you said I said you're not dropping me off like that are you (laughs) you wouldn't let me out of the car And you were only four, so good karma, Laura, kid karma. <laughs> yeah, I know. And, look, I think um, we've covered basically what a family report is, yeah. who does it, why you do it, um, uh, how you do it, mm-hmm. the cost, 
what happens in it, what, how can you be more comfortable, what the recommendation means. I guess um, there is one question that I get asked a lot and yep. I think this is an important question that we need to answer before we go because we are running over time. Um, a lot of people say to me, can I prepare for it? Look, I know there are places that offer preparation for a family report, but I think that skews the outcome and I'm I'm not a fan of it. I think the psychi- psychologists are now starting to ask if you've been to one of those courses So and then they just dilute whatever you say. So, no, you can't prepare for it. You can prepare for the aftermath by having something yeah. nice in the fridge. Um, yeah. Look, when the report comes out, even if you're very hurt by the things the kids have said, um, mm-hmm. don't take them up on it, don't talk to them about it, just let it be because yeah. um, it's very hard for them. They'll feel disloyal anyway, but don't rub yeah. it in. Yeah. No, and and it's best not. You don't discuss the results. You don't discuss the recommendation with the children, I guess. However, oh, no. if I'm major, that there's major time change or maybe parents are swapping or they're, like you said, sometimes there's that time recommendation. And if that does come into effect, what are some good ways that you can tell your children about it? Because I guess yeah. you do have to kind of explain to them, oh, this is completely changing now. So um, yeah. what what kind of things can people do if the recommendations do change things considerably and you do have to talk to your kids about it? Okay. Sometimes with that, uh, if, the, if the recommendations are really dramatic, like changing where the children live, uh, sometimes you can get the report writer will talk to the kids. The court will order that and that the okay. report writer can explain to the children what's happening and why it's changing. Um, other good. than that. Yeah, other than that, I think you just have to use your basic parenting skills. Um, the the bottom line is because mummy said so. <laughs> mummy and daddy have agreed, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. You'll have trouble with one of your kids. But normally it's just you say, look, we've decided. So this is how it's going to be. And just yeah. uh, you're taking the burden of, of having to choose from their shoulders. You're taking any yeah. guilt from their shoulders. Uh, you just yeah. make it all that you know, you're doing what you're told. You're a kid. I'm the mummy. That's why. Yeah. yeah. And I think that's really important because I do, um, I have seen a friend whose kid somehow thought it was up all up to her on what was going to happen when she went and did the report. And that's just, I think that's just cruel. I think leave the kids out of it as much as you can and let them be kids, you know. Let them have their own divorce when they're 35. (laughs) Just let them enjoy their time while they're children and not worry about that. Because you're right, that guilt, um, you know, I think back in the old, old, old days before any of this was around, they probably did, didn't they? Ask the kids, who do you want to live with? Did they used to do that? Used to. Back in the, the early judges 70s, used to ask yeah, the kids in, in the mid seventies when the family court first of uh, seventy six the family court came out and there are stories like of the judge having the children come to the chambers with him into, and it was all men judges uh, come into chambers and he'd ask them so who do you want to live with oh god uh, that see that that so <laughs> so that would be traumatizing forever. It would be it would be yeah. and especially when later on they were doing it in their full robes with the wig. You know, mm, uh, yeah. Um, yeah. But now, if things are really tricky with kids, we'll talk about this another uh, podcast, Laura. But you might have mm. a, an independent children's lawyer for some matters, and they yes. take a lot of these decisions from you. But yes, it's 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 um, a huge process, and it's very scary. But when you think about it, how else are they going to make a decision? Well, the way you've just 
That's right. And the way you've described it to me, aside from the judge coming and living with you both for a week, I guess this is as close as they're going to get. And and it, this family report stops children from having to sit in court or go and talk to a judge. So I think it's a good thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think if you've been told you have to have a family report, um, just be yourself. Don't change how you parent or just, you know, just be who you are and, you know, when you get your recommendations, you might not like the things that you read but, you know, it's it's a good idea to take it on board and, you know, have some reflection. Maybe go speak to your psychologist. Don't show them the report but, you know, see if your psychologist can give you some tips on how you can change and, um, I think I think a family report is really good. Not not many people. It's like a workplace assessment, really. I guess, but for your home, um, you know, it's a peer review. You know, um, but you know, it can't, it's not pleasant, but it's sometimes a self reflection evaluation. It's you know, it's good for you. It's growth. You learn how to grow. So yeah, um, that's a positive way of looking at it. But it's it's it is it is. I think yeah. it's it's very confronting, but it often solves everything. Yeah. Well, thank you, Mum, for your time talking about this. Um, Our next podcast is going to be very exciting. We are going to be discussing how to keep your costs down with your lawyers. So legal costs down, aren't we, Mum? We are. um, We are. Insider tips. Insider tips. So if you are currently going through this process and you find your bills are out of control, we are going to give you some inside tips on how to do that. But that will be next episode. And I really appreciate you talking to me, Mum. Thank you, everyone who's been doing reviews and rating us. It's been really great. We've been in the charts, um, which which means more people can find us, which means more pe- we can help more people. So thank you, Mum, for giving us all your amazing knowledge out of your brain. <laughs> Thank you, Laura. All right. Have a lovely day, everyone. Bye. Bye. If you found this podcast helpful, we'd love it if you could rate, review and subscribe. By doing so, you are spreading the word to help someone else just like you. Lynn would like to remind you that this podcast is general advice only and you should always get legal advice in relation to your particular situation. And remember that the Australian laws may have changed since recording in 2020.